Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Welcome to the Macmillan Report. I'm Marilyn Wilkshire, host, and our guest is Ashokacharya, an associate professor in the Department of Political Science and joint director of Developing Countries Research Center at the University of Delhi. At Yale, Professor Acharya is the Henry Hart Rice Foundation Fellow at the Macmillan Center. He is author of the forthcoming volume, Equality, Difference, and Group Rights, The Case of India. Professor Acharya's research interests encompass contemporary and comparative political theory, affirmative action, and ethics and public policy. Today we'll talk with him about his project called Know Your Rights India. Welcome, Professor Acharya. Thank you very much. It's a privilege. So you are a professor at the University of Delhi in India. Why are you here at Yale as the Rice Fellow? Well. Uh, I was invited, and uh, uh, you know, I thought I must just take up this opportunity mm -hmm. uh, to be especially at Yale and uh, spend a year. Uh, the invitation was uh, pretty exciting because it uh, allowed me to work with the Macmillan Center, mm -hmm. and especially with the Global Justice Program, which is where much of my current research revolves around. Okay, so let's talk about your current project, Know Your Rights India. Give us an overview of it. Uh, know Your Rights India is uh, a project in its infancy, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, th this is a project that tries to uh, bring together uh, on a wiki-based platform mm -hmm. using online technologies, uh, listing all the rights, benefits, entitlements of all the people, and especially those that relate to the needs and aspirations of the poor and marginalized people of India. Okay. And on one single platform, what we plan to do is not only state what all those rights are of the people and the benefits are, but also you know, give an account of a simplified procedure of how to realize those rights. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about literacy. Okay. You know, we also know that India doesn't have full literacy, that there is still a substantial proportion of the people who are illiterate. What, what it would that proportion be? Oh, that would be roughly around 40% would be illiterate. Wow. And uh, so that's, uh, you know, between 35 to 40%. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge number. Yes. But uh, when we speak about the rights literacy per se, you know, this, this is a problem that we see happening just anywhere. You know, whether you are literate or you are not literate, mm -hmm. you know, the rights and the language in which those rights are expressed the laws and the policies are not always uh, accessible right. to common people. Sure. So people have to struggle, and mm -hmm. that's why the lawyers make a field day. Mm -hmm. right. Right, right. So what led you to um, create this project? What gave you the idea? Well, the idea was essentially to, uh, I thought that uh, we are right at a cusp in India where we are uh, seeing a, a, a revolution of increasing uh, recognition of people's social and economic rights. Mm -hmm. So there is a right to education, you know, there is a right to employment, and we are soon debating, you know, very seriously about the right to health. Mm -hmm. Whereas, I also felt that 
most of the time and most of the people wouldn't know what these rights are unless somebody told them, look, these are your entitlements and you can claim them. Mm -hmm. And that and, 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 and uh, many of the NGOs who work on, the, uh, on, this, on these areas are too specialized. Like, you know, there are health NGOs and there are, mm -hmm. you know, livelihood-related NGOs. And they are also, you know, geographically uh, concentrated in a few places. Mm -hmm. So we felt that if we have to build up a knowledge community and through that empower the people, the best way to do is to build up this uh, uh, the the the, uh, the wiki-based platform, which will not only educate people about what the rights and entitlements are, are in the simplest of the language, mm -hmm. but also bring in many of these NGOs and draw them in into the network, and through them make them the interlocutors through which we can speak to the common people. So it is about a rights literacy campaign, sort of a rights education campaign, which also would need the help of the NGOs. Right, because as you had said, there's 35 to 40 percent of the country is illiterate, so they wouldn't necessarily be able to read a right. website. So you would need that intermediary to work with right. people. Right. Uh, absolutely, right, absolutely, right. Yes, yes. Okay, so what are the objectives? Uh, well, the uh, the objectives are, you know, as I just said, you know, the, to build up a very comprehensive uh, website, uh, and in uh, for each of the right, you know, uh, lead the person through the various stages. Okay, here is your right in the most simplified language, and then if it is not realized at this level, you know, you can take this further up through this procedure. Mm -hmm. So we guide them step by step on every little entitlement that they have. Mm -hmm. And these can vary, by the way, through across provinces. Okay. So different provinces would have different entitlements uh -huh. about how they wish to realize the, the, those okay. rights. You know, there are a set of constitutional rights. And there are different sets of you know, policy entitlements that different provinces would enact from time to time. So is the website in effect today? Could uh, one go to the website? No, it, it, it's, it's not yet built up. Okay. You know, we, are, uh, uh, we are now mobilizing all our resources to build this up. Mm -hmm. And when it comes, it will not be actually be called Know Your Rights. It would be called Jan Adhikar, which means in Hindi, Jan means people, and Adhikar means rights, so people's rights. Okay. So we have registered the domain, mm -hmm. uh, but we will have to launch it. Right now, at this point of time, we are uh, collecting a lot of data Mm -hmm. And especially at this stage, we are collecting data from four states. And India has many states, you know, 28 states and so many union mm -hmm. territories. So we are only collecting from four different states, geographically north, south, east, and west. Mm -hmm. And in course of time, we turn this four different states into four different nodal zones. Okay. So the northern state of Uttarakhand, for instance, becomes uh, the, the nodal zone for northern India. Right. And then the eastern state of Orissa, for instance, become the nodal zone for Eastern India. And then they collect data from neighboring states. Okay. And, and then amass all of that. Okay. So, and you chose um, Hindi because that's the most uh, most commonly spoken language? That's roughly 40% of uh, India's population mm -hmm. speaks Hindi. Uh, though it is, it is, a, uh, uh, it is the... Uh, uh, it is the most spoken language in India, though there are other languages, and that's one of our further challenges, that at the first step, we try to translate all the web content from English to Hindi, mm -hmm. and then as a second step, uh, we translate them into all the other existing Indian languages as well. So more people have access to More sites, people have access. Right, right. So when do you think it will launch? Oh, that's a very, very tough question mm -hmm. at this point of time. Yeah, we are, we are, 
we are trying our best to uh, uh, have this launched as far as uh, you know as soon as possible mm -hmm. but this means that uh, uh, you know uh, working closely uh, uh, with uh, lots of institutions uh, educational institutions, you know, the, the law faculties in the different countries, and I'm in touch with some of them to convert their legal clinics into know your rights clinics, mm -hmm. as well as, uh, so, uh, and I also want the content writing to be done by the students. So we have a huge number of student interns working on this, mm -hmm. and uh, they have just begun the work, and only on these four states. And uh, we hope that by end of July, or August, we would be done with the work of these four states, after which we could multiply and add the remainder of the states mm -hmm. and uh, should be able to, a conservative estimate would be at least, you know, two years from now. Okay. And it could be sooner, you mm -hmm. know, I would be, you know, but I would be surprised if it is sooner than that. And once it is up and running, how will you measure its success? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a very good question because often enough uh, uh, we don't give uh, uh, enough uh, you know, uh, importance to this particular area as to how do we measure the success. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the, uh, the net behavior of any net citizen you know, is, is, is not always very predictable. People can surf from site to site. Mm -hmm. uh, so b b what we hope to be doing is we uh, measure the success of this on the basis of three things. Of course, the first is very important is impact. Does, has it you know, closed the gap between the, uh, uh, between the level of people's knowledge of what their formal entitlements are and how they go about realizing them? So one of the ways of measuring the success would be, after a given period of time, if the, if the rate of benefits take up for any particular right, or some of the rights that are highlighted mm -hmm. in this website goes up, then we know we have had some success. And, uh, but that would be difficult to measure because that would take a longer time. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, we propose to you know, do a kind of a web analytics study on the, on the effectiveness of the content and use some sample uh, surveys to, to measure uh, as to uh, whether or not this is uh, really appealed to the people and uh, uh, whether they would vote for it or whether they would uh, uh, suggest certain alternatives to the creation or, or the design of the uh, of the website and how they would uh, uh, what sorts of uh, suggestions they would give to improvise the content of it mm -hmm. and uh, and the traffic so the more number of hits of course mm -hmm. we mean we know that this is a success and how would you how are you planning to spread the word about the site so people know about it uh, this is uh, 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 this is something we propose doing through the uh, uh, through the uh, uh, educational institutions on the one hand, mm -hmm. and also mostly through the NGOs whom we are now trying to partner. Mm -hmm. So at right at this point of time, what we have done uh, is we have almost successfully mapped all the NGOs in the country. Wow. Almost all the NGOs in the country. How many are there? Oh, there would have been thousands. India really? has, yes, thousands oh of them. But we have been able to map all of them. And now we are trying to, uh, uh, you know, again, categorize them as to how effective they are in particular regions mm -hmm. and what are their areas of strength. So depending on which region, which NGO works in and what their areas of strength, we would further, you know, like to open up an avenue through which we train even the NGOs to take up this task mm -hmm. at our behest, because we can't be reaching out everywhere. Sure. Right. So we will have to bring in the NGOs, train them, 
and help them become the effective interlocutors. So, so, uh, so the NGO mapping has been one of the most challenging uh, exercises mm -hmm. so far. Uh, but it is still something that you can do at home. You can surf the net and you can find out. Uh, so there's no central registry of NGOs in India, for instance? Well, there are. There, there are. are. Uh, you know, they get registered and you have, uh, you know, you can always uh, uh, get information about these NGOs from the different uh, governments of the provinces and the states. Uh, but at times they can be misleading also because sure. you know many organizations get registered and they don't do anything mm -hmm. right so they are the uh, uh, they are the front organizations for someone and uh, uh, so we we want to f find out not only those organizations that are registered but which are actually working for the people mm -hmm. and that's a tough and that's a tougher challenge sure. so in which case we have to go through in a step by step process so we not only do we get the ngos mapped but then we get the entire info information vetted by slightly bigger organizations and NGOs, which are in the business of funding some of these local NGOs, to find out from them if you know, we are right about mapping out these NGOs as the effective ones. Mm -hmm and uh, whether they're really doing the work in, the, in, in those right. areas. Seems like a huge undertaking. It, it is, yeah, it is. So ultimately, what do you hope to achieve with the project? Uh, very many things. Of course, you know, I would say two things primarily. A, I would say uh, because of my work on global justice, and uh, uh, I have become more sensitive to the uh, uh, and then there's a, also a, a bunch of scholars who are supporting me in this work back mm -hmm. in India, uh, who have become very sensitive to the needs of the poor and the marginalized. So the first big goal that I think we should be able to achieve is to uh, have a better sense of how this website is going to enhance the livelihoods of people. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, would be a big achievement. The second big achievement, I would say, is to create a knowledge community, bring academics in, in closer contact with activists, and have a richer knowledge community mm -hmm. out there, which then goes out, you know, goes out to strengthen our mm -hmm. democratic experience, enrich our citizen engagement at different levels, and also somewhere pressurizes the government to be more responsive sure. to the needs of the people. And uh, so we can, you know, as academics, we can keep theorizing as to what makes democracy work. But it, it, this would be a, a different kind of a challenge to go out and see how do we actually make democracy work. Right. Very good. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. And I wish you all the best with the project. Oh, thank you so much. It's a real pleasure. For more information about Professor Acharya and his research, please visit our website at yale.edu slash Report. Be sure to join us again for another episode of the Macmillan Report, made possible through funding from the Whitney and Betty Macmillan Center for International and Area Studies at Yale.